0: Welcome to the Game of Crowdfunding Interview Edition, recorded Wednesday, August 20th, 2014. That's right, we are back with another interview. Got somebody that has a project on Kickstarter right now. So who is joining me on Skype tonight? This would be John Bentz. John is back. He's joining us again. It's actually been quite a while since we talked to you. Yeah,
1: I think November October of last year was the last time.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right. And you've had a another project in between since we talked last as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a smaller project. It was a game project for a game called Can't Catch Me Olivia, which is a fun little Kind of cross between Love Letter and Hey That's My Fish, featuring a lot of my cartoon characters. It was a very small project. It funded pretty quickly. Of course, I only gave it seven days, so it had to fund pretty quickly.
0: You know, before we get into all of that good stuff, why don't we remind people since it has been a while since you've been on? Won't go through some of the maybe not all of the uh, the warm up type questions, but other than creating comics and creating games, what do you do for a living, sir?
1: Oh, well, I'm a computer programmer for a living. Lately, I've been doing a lot of front-end development, so like stuff in web browsers. I'm starting to dabble in mobile development as well. I pay the bills writing a lot of JavaScript.
0: And kind of parallel to that, you've been working on a comic off and on for years now.
1: Yeah, a comic called Don's Dictionary Drama, which started as a kind of an exercise for myself to see if I could keep up a regular schedule. And now I'm kind of trying to push it into something a little bit more concrete. I just wrapped up the latest story in July or August, and I'm going to start up the new one in December.
0: The blog covers both sides of your creative outlet, if I remember right. It's the comic side and your your game development side.
1: Right, yeah. It also covers a lot of the programming stuff that I do as well. So I'll talk about comics that are going on, or I've been doing some journaling for some games I've been having in, in development. And I also talk a little about, computer programming stuff on there too so it's pretty much a mixed bag it's pretty much what i am into
0: so for you what's the draw to say be in the programming technical coding side of things and also have this creative outlet
1: it's great it really is fantastic i can live in code all day and then draw comics all night. I don't really subscribe to the the left side, right side of your brain, like creativity versus logic, because there's so much logic that goes into creating art. And there is a lot of creativity that goes into creating code. And I find that they complement each other. And I also find that doing one for a while, refreshes me, makes me want to do the other a lot. Like if I'm doing a lot of programming stuff I, uh, for my job, I want to do a lot of creative stuff like drawing or Even game design, I consider to be fairly creative in my off time kind of to balance it all out.
0: How do you find that balance? I mean, are you fortunate enough to kind of work in a this is this is my, you know, eight to five, nine to five. And I got my evenings to myself. Or do you have to kind of sometimes find balance between the two?
1: I actually do have a pretty much nine to five schedule. I clock in. I work from home. So I open up my work laptop. I work. For eight, nine, ten hours if necessary, I close it and I'm done.
0: That's usually how I am, but then I've got that one in seven week where <laughs> so I then I just came off of being on call where it's just like I never know what to expect. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I have a feeling for me on call stuff may be starting soon. I don't know, but we'll see. So <laughs> I'm I'm kind of dreading when that starts actually. <laughs>
0: Uh, it, it's kind of interesting cause we went from a, we used to be on call one in four weeks and that sounds worse, but the products that we supported at the time were actually a lot more stable. Uh-huh. So it was one in four and you just kind of went, eh, well, you know, I got to kind of be around in case. And then now we've gone to one in seven, but it's usually that, that seven you dread and you can't wait to give it up to somebody else cause everything that can go wrong will go wrong. Oh man. <laughs> so it's it was a it was a weird trade-off. It's like, oh, I only have to be on call one and seven. Oh, I'm on call. You know, <laughs> versus before, where it's just like, oh yeah, well, it's a week I got a plan for. <laughs>
1: the more regular it's yeah, it's actually you know what's coming up.
0: Right. Let's go into all right. So the last time we talked, it was for lie your face off. And that project was not successful at the time. Nope. Are you thinking about bringing that back at some point or?
1: At the most, I'm, I'll probably publish it on the game crafter just as a standalone game and be done with it. It was a good experiment. I learned a lot about a lot of things, <laughs> but as for relaunching it, no, nah, not really interested.
0: Okay. Cause I remember at the time that we, you were just. And we might have even talked about this when we talked, but you were on either the, just before that bubble burst or right after where Kickstarter was not a friendly place for casual, family-friendly style games for a while. It took a while to get over that hurdle. Uh-huh. And I, I, if I remember right, you were kind of right in the mix of that. Unfortunately, at that time, you were on the other side of the fence where it was just like, oh, you know, it's a casual, family-friendly kind of game. Uh, and like I said, there there used to be a little, we don't touch those on Kickstarter. We're, you know, quote unquote, real games or whatever you want to say. And uh, I'm glad to see that finally burst. It's unfortunate that it didn't burst in time for Lie Your Face Off to kind of happen because from what I remember of the game, it was a, a cute little game that could have done very well, I think.
1: Yeah, I was definitely really excited about the game back then and hoping it would take off. I think one of my problems was I was just asking for too much money as a new person, you know, as a... What essentially should have been a much smaller game. Um, I think my, my biggest issue was just the goal was really, really, really high. I was anticipating lots and lots of copies and just kind of getting caught up in the whole Kickstarter, you know, oh my goodness, I'm going to launch and make five million dollars and print 10 (laughs) trillion copies and have to build mill warehouses. That, that sort of mentality that seems to be, you know, it's like the lottery, you know, you see these projects breaking in four or five six million dollars and you go oh I could be the next one of those <laughs> but it's it's so rare that it's that same it happens in every creative field I uh, and in every business so it just should not have shocked me too much but you know live and learn
0: yeah and it, it is one of those things like you said where you see some of these projects and no matter how many of us are out there that say you know this you know that give a process or a formula and, and there are some things to follow to help you out, but at the end of the day, there are times where you just kind of go, how did that happen? <laughs> um, how you know why is this project more successful than this project? Why is this project struggling? And sometimes I can answer those questions from the sideline and sometimes it baffles me <laughs> to uh, how certain things play out. Mm-hmm. So then you came this was fairly recently you did uh, can't catch me, Olivia, right?
1: right Yeah.
0: And then for this one, you came in. Now, again, you're coming back to a little more casual game, but you're coming in for a small funding goal. And you said you only ran it for like seven days? Seven days, yep. That was an interesting experiment for you to try. So how did that go for you?
1: It actually went really well. I had enough local support to be able to get pretty much to the funding goal within 36 hours. Nice. I had rounded up enough people locally who had played the game I worked very closely with a couple of board game groups here in Baltimore, Bruisen Board Games being the biggest one. But I also took the game to a couple of other smaller game meetups. So I had a lot of local people who were who were really into it. And then I had a whole bunch of other people who just discovered the game off of Board Game Geek and kick track that, and by a lot, I'm going to say seven or eight, but that made all the difference in the world for a project that was this small. So, you know, I, I'm just really appreciative of everyone banding together for this.
0: And so coming into that one, what was your thought process behind, okay, I'm I'm going to come in low and only ask for a very small funding amount and I'm only going to run for seven days?
1: Well, for the seven days, I just wanted it over and done. I think the experience last time with the 30 days, just dragging on and on and on and having nothing else to offer really burned me for running for a long time, unless I had a strategy for a long-term strategy for it. So I said, let's just shotgun this out here. Seven days, let's get it over with and see what happens. As for the low funding goal, I did the math and I figured out exactly how much I needed to be able to print enough for the Kickstarter backers and to have enough to take the shows for the rest, the comic shows for the rest of the year. And if I managed to sell all the ones at comic shows, I could reprint those um, with a few extra copies and kind of have those build upon each other in 2015. So very, 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 very small plan. And one that was reasonable for someone who is essentially unknown, who has a product that is hard to break into in both the comic world and the game world. I've just kind of kind of brute forced my way in there. And I've been trying for a long time. And as long as I can get something to take to a show that I can print alongside of printing copies for the Kickstarter backers, then I fulfill my goal. Even if that's like just 10 copies, then that's 10 copies I can sell at shows.
0: So at the end of the day, what's your overall Goal for you and these projects in your game. I mean, are you, are you looking to kind of be an indie publisher for your own stuff or an indie publisher in general or anything like that? Right now for my own stuff.
1: My goal right now with all of my comics and my creative projects is to have some sort of additional product to go along with a comic. And in the case of Six Externity Drama, the last spray it was game. But the current Kickstarter, it's for uh, another comic that I'm doing, an autobiographical one. And right now that's used as a strategy to build audience. It currently is not yet passe to say I have a Kickstarter project. People still get kind of excited about those. So I'm going to take advantage of that while I can.
0: Are you always looking to kind of marry the two, the the comics and the, the game side of things?
1: I am now. Okay. <laughs> I, I wasn't for for a while and then I realized that I actually can come up with decent game designs and wrap them both theme wise and mechanics wise around the ideas of the comics that I'm working on. So I might as well do it.
0: So do you see any any nice return off of that from say like somebody that follows the comic and now you kind of get to say, Hey, you know, you've enjoyed this comic and now I have this game that's associated with the comic.
1: I'm actually going to be having going to my first comic show, that, my first big comic show that I've done in like two years, and I'm going to have the games with me, and I'm, that's exactly the question I'm going to be asking people. So we're going to see how that works um, this weekend.
0: Okay, nice. We've got a new project out there. Now, this one is not a game-related project, correct? Right. All right, so what are we looking at on Kickstarter right now, It is a
1: deck of conversation cards called Your Life's Chorus. It is based upon my autobiographical comic, Midlife Chorus, which the comic itself is stories about songs and albums that whenever I hear them, take me immediately back to a particular time in my life or have some sort of other significance. And Your Life's Chorus is a set of conversation cards based upon the comics in the series. So, for instance, um, there was one particular comic where in middle school there was this kid who used to wear this Pearl Jam shirt And he'd, like, shove me in the lockers, and he'd harass me, and he'd just annoy the heck out of me. So I didn't listen to Pearl Jam for the longest time because this kid liked Pearl Jam. And I really regretted it because I this was during, like, the early 90s, during 10 and I would have really gotten into Pearl Jam back then. I just know it. And so one of the conversation cards in the deck features a picture of this kid, and the text on it is, what artist did you regret not listening to earlier? And so the idea is you have this deck of cards at home or in your purse or wherever. And if the night's getting slow and you got to find some topic of conversation to talk about, you break them out. You read off the card and you talk about it. Really not a whole lot to it. But the marrying of the quasi game aspect to my comic makes it a pretty personal project for me.
0: And this is one that you have decided to go back to a longer project. So what made you decide that this was a project that needed to be more than say a week or two weeks? I
1: wanted a longer format because the comic is still running on the website, so I can direct people to the website and push them towards the Kickstarter while they're reading the new comics that are coming out. And I timed it so that I'll be at two different comic conventions while the campaign is going on. And we will be able to to plug the project while I'm at both of those shows.
0: But you still have a relatively low funding goal, so something easily obtainable and possibly to go over and still have this longer period for the project to be open so that you can continue to promote it in other aspects.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that after these two shows that I'm at, there'll be a bit of a push. There was definitely a quick little push by a very generous donor early on. And I'm hoping I can wrangle a little bit more support at the upcoming shows. If I meet the goal, again it's really a low goal, but if I meet the goal, I'll have enough money to be able to print enough decks and to take care of any Kickstarter rewards so that I can have decks of the conversation cards for the show that I'm doing in December and for a few shows in 2015. It's a very, very, very modest goal, but it's one that I think I can pretty easily attain once I uh, let people know about the project.
0: Yeah. I don't think you're going to have an issue getting to your end goal here. So it seems to me like your big reason for potentially having some of these kickstarters right now is to continue to build on the foundation. It's not necessarily you're looking for a breakout star or whatever you want to say to make you a lot of money in one shot, but you are kind of using these to build that foundation, have enough so that, like you said, you can take them to these shows and stuff and hopefully sell some more there and continue working the cycle while building up what it means to... Get something in your hand that has John Bent's name on it. Is is that an accurate statement or
1: It's a very accurate statement. I have kind of restarted my comics career a couple of times and it's hurt my audience. There are some people who know about myself who I've kept in contact with, but it's difficult when you don't know, Probably have new material out there to show people, or it's very, very difficult to build an audience. There's millions of web comics out there. There's there's just so many. It's it's just the market's extremely oversaturated with web comics. There's plenty of autobiographical comics. There's plenty of comedy comics. Even having a gimmick like using people's dictionary words in your comic it helps. But the field is so big that there has to be something I can use to differentiate myself and to help build that audience. And if it's smaller products that aren't comics that go with the comics that remind people of the comics that they can also become a part of through kickstarter campaigns and then eventually pick up at shows then that should hopefully help me build up an audience i hear a lot of people talking about they come into kickstarter and they you know they have very successful kickstarters and they say how did you do it and they said well we started pushing our stuff 10 years ago and yes that's absolutely true that's how you build an audience but if you're kind of just starting out, you know, after a year or two of trying to push your stuff, how else are you going to do it? It's extremely difficult to build that audience and, and to go in that, you know, for the long haul. So I figure I'll use every single tool at my disposal in order to do it. And Kickstarter is still a both the hot thing and a good way to, to rally the troops to a particular cause to help you get one of your dreams funded, really.
0: I still kind of go back and forth. Like what is in your mind, your, your end goal for like, if everything clicks together and you finally get to a point where you're like, this is why I was doing all of that work before. What is that? That point in your mind? That's a
1: really good question. I have a couple of other ideas. I have, I have one idea for a much larger comic. And honestly, the, the real end goal is if I was doing this full time and I could live comfortably drawing comics and making games or doing whatever. That's the, that's the ultimate end goal for this. Right now, I'm trying to build an audience. I'm trying to get people who remember me at shows. I'm trying to get people who follow me on Twitter and reshare my stuff. Right now, my goal is very, very modest, just like with my Kickstarter campaigns. It's it's very simple because my needs right now are simple. I need to build an audience. I need to get people who are interested and who are really excited about the things that I do. And then once I start to build that audience, I can start to think about larger projects. I can start to think about reaching for something bigger, going part-time, doing comics work or heck even full-time if I'm really lucky, be that with a publisher or publishing it through my own work, through my own sources or what have you.
0: So where in the process do you kind of start thinking almost everything kind of stems out of you having a, a comic and you working on a comic? Uh, at what point in the process do you start thinking about a potential side product that ties in to the comic? Fairly
1: early on, actually, Can't Catch Me Olivia was kind of anti this. I just kind of came up with it one day with the particular mechanic and decided I could use it with my cartoon characters. But for Your Life's Chorus, I had the plan for the conversation cards even before I started drawing the comic, because I knew that that's something that potentially people would be interested in. Uh, That's something I could easily use the artwork that I've already been drawing in to make this particular product. I knew I could use the game crafter to easily produce the cards because I already knew their process very, very well. So the plan for marrying a product to a particular comic for me comes in pretty early. I don't force the comic to match the product, but I can ensure that when I produce the comic that I do it in such a way that I can leverage what I've already done into making whatever product goes along with
0: it. And then have you ever had any kind of issues for like you're trying to work on a product and you, you've got, you've kind of got some forced limitations in that. You know you're working on it to coincide with a comic that you're already doing. Have you ever had any issues or roadblocks because of that?
1: The conversation cards are the first ones that I've done this with, and for that it's been I haven't really had any issues. For the next project I'm that I'm coming up with, which I'll probably start talking about in January or February, um, after the next Dawn's dictionary drama starts. That I'm not sure about yet. I'm hoping that I'll be able to have those two work together well enough but this is still kind of uncharted territory for me it's part of my plan but i'm still kind of learning how to get it all to work together in a smooth and coherent way and in a way that doesn't devalue either product i I don't want to have a comic worth blatantly talking about things that will happen only in the game but you have to buy the game to know what to talk about isn't here you know those sorts of things
0: yeah i was just curious because some people like restrictions and thrive under them And some people don't necessarily like them as much. And, and this is just in general from you describing your plan. The comics kind of give a virtual limitation in their own right, just by you're working with a side project that you're already kind of doing. So it has to meld in somewhere and to make that happen right, you know, you don't, like you said, you don't want to force one way or the other. So, you know, I just curious if, if you had run into that yet. Not
1: yet, but I'll let you know in January how it's going (laughs) with the next thing.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. How long have you been doing the current comic? Midlife course. Cause I know you've got multiple comics.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I figured that's what you're asking about. That's been running for, uh, that's started on June 26th. No, I forget when it, honestly, I forget when it started. It would, it, it started about five or six weeks ago. Oh, okay. And it's only 48, it's only 48 comics. Mm -hmm. I think I did start it on June 26th, actually. That's right. I'm sorry. I I have no concept of time right now. It's been a busy couple of months. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's only 48 comics. It's only a one shot. So it's going to end September 1st. Okay. I already actually am going to be taking books, um, small printed up just on my home printer books of it to the convention that I'm doing this weekend, which is called Intervention down in Rockville. So once that's done, it's pretty much done unless the the Kickstarter higher level pledge levels get filled. Uh there's one so far. Some of those are I will create a comic based upon an experience in your life around music. So if those actually happen if the campaign if the campaign gets funded, then I'll be drawing more comics in the series based on that but around other people's experiences. But the actual midlife chorus is 48 comics and it's done.
0: All right, so you've already got that whole everything mapped out for that and like you said, your, your start and your end date and all that good stuff minus stretch goals. Yep. I think you kind of answered this a little bit, but what made you decide or what, what put enough, I guess, passion into your creativity to say, you know what? I need to take this musical journey in my comics.
1: Well, this idea is one I've had for a long time. I've, I usually don't like doing autobiographical comics because my life isn't that interesting. There's some cart web there's some cartoonists who can do fantastic comics about very normal things in life and I'm definitely not one of those but I've always wanted to chronicle some of these musical memories as however I possibly can um I've just had some albums and some songs that I just like I said I hear it and I'm immediately transported back to middle school or I'm transported back to a, some moment in college or some part of me driving on the road and i can think of a song or an album and say yes that is that right there and so i just had this idea for doing this for a long time and i think the thing that pushed me over the edge was when this christmas i went up to visit my family and i got together with my cousin kevin who is a huge 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 music nut i mean he is he he knows so much about so much about music that it's just it's just insane and i was just about to tell about this comic idea about Midlife Chorus and how I wanted to do it. And he turns to me and he goes, I want to tell you about this idea. I want to blog about my top 500 albums of all time. And I just, my jaw drops. I'm like, what? (laughs) Because I wanted to do a comic about 48 songs and albums that I love and associate with very strongly with my life. And he's like, no way. So (laughs) that really pushed me over the edge that I had to do it because he's pretty much doing a similar project to me. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to let him get all the glory here. I'm going to draw my comic too. And you know... (laughs) we'll see how it goes. So that's what really did it for me. i had had the idea for a long time, but he kind of pushed me over the edge.
0: I love the idea just because of the fact that I am a bit of a music geek as well. I used to to DJ and write songs and all kinds of various things throughout uh, various stages of my life and music promotion and all that good stuff. So it's one that appeals to me on a kind of personal level as well, because that's one of the things I like about music it's how it can affect people just by whatever the song is that pops in like you said that has that instant memory retrieval or emotional response or anything or something like that take you back to to you know hanging out with your friends whatever it may be and and that's the one of the nice things i like about music and and how music can kind of populate your life i guess
1: oh absolutely and doing this comic has kind of that kind of forced me to rediscover a lot of music that I listened to when I was younger, that most of it's not that bad. Some of it was kind of terrible, but most (laughs) of it was pretty bad, was pretty good. So plus I've been able to reconnect with, to connect with some of my friends and family about this because they're, some of them are featured in the comics as well. Like when I went to go see my first concert, I went with a few friends. And so they're in that comic. One recently came out that had another one of my friends who's another big fan of music that was in it. So he was plugging the comic to all of them and saying, hey, I'm in his comic. Check it out. So it's been great on a personal level as well because I get to talk with all these people about, you know, the musical experiences we shared, you know, through the through what I've drawn in the comics. So it, it's been good on a lot of levels.
0: So how many cards are in the... uh kickstarter pack the uh, your life's chorus
1: it'll be 53 plus one more card with credits other information on it uh 48 of those are going to be based upon my comic, and then five of those are going to be filled with the highest tier um which is i'll draw a comic based upon a musical experience of yours that particular comic will make it in as a card in the pack and then so we, there'll be 53 conversation cards available if i hit I forget what the stretch goal is. It's like four or $6,000. I'm going to increase that to 72 cards because at that point enough people are amped up about it that I might as well. But base set, 53 cards.
0: You've kind of got them tied to the actual comic and that, like you said, the, it's the 48 plus the, the top tier level. So when you set out to do the comic itself, was there kind of like this question that you were kind of answering with each comic?
1: Do you, do you mean that the conversation cards were the comics were kind of designed to fill the the cards themselves, or you took them more like meta, metaphysical?
0: You've kind of said that you've kind of paired them up with the comic that there's 48 just like in the comic. So not necessarily like you were you were planning for it to be one to one or anything like that. But when you were writing the comic were you kind of answering some of these questions along the way already I guess is
1: I actually came up with the questions after I had done all of the the majority of the comics I knew what each comic's content was going to be ahead of time so I would say that if you asked me these questions the answers you would get would be the contents of the comics okay so in a way yes um I have I have I have answered all of the questions in there by drawing all of these comics I didn't really set out to do that, but when I was coming up with the questions, I, I looked back on the comic and thought, how
0: can, what question can
1: I be asked where my answer is what happened in this comic? So I guess that's the best way to explain it.
0: The Kickstarter product side of things, your life's chorus and the, the cards and the conversation cards. Did that come about? Because this was something that maybe like you actually kind of sat around and did with maybe some of your friends or family, the the whole bringing music into your conversation or uh, what was the, I guess, the big driving force right there?
1: The conversation cards, we have a couple of friends with decks of conversation cards that will break out if a party is getting slow or we're waiting for something and we've got nothing else to talk about. I remember one time we got over to a friend's house pretty early. We were watching, getting ready to watch Game of Thrones one night. Um, when HBO was showing it live and we had time to kill so we broke up the conversation cards and and spent two hours just talking about random stuff and I remember that, that that was a lot of fun and I'd done it at a couple of other places too and I really couldn't find any that were music focused, a lot of them were general knowledge or general experiences or you know, not really music focused so I thought, well, maybe people would be interested in such a thing, so you know, let's give it a shot
0: You've got two other Kickstarters behind you, and you're running this one now. So what kind of lessons did you pull into this Kickstarter campaign from the previous two that you have
1: run? Well, the first one, the biggest one, was coming up with a goal that's really, really reasonable. Making it so you need the bare a minimum amount of money to be able to fulfill all Kickstarter rewards and have some product left over. It seems to be the most, the most important thing and being really, really realistic about that. Uh, what is the absolute minimum you need to get this done? Because I would consider it more of a win to get a smaller project and not print as much, but you still have some product that you can sell later on and you have a successful project under your belt. And if you deliver your rewards, then people believe that you can deliver in your rewards and then you can start to build a following if you decide to do something later on. Building the project page and spending a lot of time on that is very useful, as well as only doing a video if you think it's going to absolutely help and if it's worth your time. Videos are important, but if it's not worth the times put into it, if, you, if it doesn't really deliver, if you don't think it's going to deliver or if it's going to take too much to, to produce a really nice video, then it almost seems more worth your time to put more effort into the project page with actual descriptions of what's going on. Than to tend to do a really really awesome video that you spent three weeks on editing and special effects and getting people together and all of that. You know, I videos are awesome and I did a, a the video I did for liar face off. I really liked and I had a lot of fun doing it. But the amount of effort that that was put into it, I couldn't see putting that much effort into these two much smaller projects and getting any real return out of it personally. So those were the biggest lessons and lots of other. Smaller things. Can't catch me, love ya. I pushed for months. I got it in front of people playing it for months, and that helped out a lot because I had a lot of local support. For your life's chorus, I'm trying something completely different. I'm trying to run it alongside of an existing comic that isn't done yet. It's kind of an experiment. I'm going to see how it goes. I'm going to push it at comic conventions to see what kind of traction I can get from there. So. This one's more of an experiment. Can't catch me, Olivia. I tried to just focus all of that effort and energy and lessons learned from Liar face off and other resources that I'd read and just push it out there in a quick seven-day campaign and see if I could do it. I succeeded, so I can move on and take that, put it under my belt and go from there, hopefully.
0: You did a a good job of kind of coming back in. Like you said, you did the the smaller project and it was successful and now you're running another small project and it's just again building that whole foundation alongside you building the foundation you've got going on with the comics and everything else so i think uh it's a very smart approach definitely trying
1: to go for me personally for another massive massive project where you know even asking for a thousand dollars for something right now seems seems crazy you know let me, let me actually get a following of people where if I just mention that I'm doing a secret project or thinking about doing a Kickstarter project, you know, people on Twitter going, ooh, I can't wait to see it. As soon as I say, I'm doing, I'm thinking about doing a new Kickstarter project for blah, blah, blah. And somebody tweets back, ooh, I really want it. I'm really interested in that. Then we're talking. <laughs> then we can start thinking about going a little bigger.
0: And you've, uh, you mentioned the game crafter several times. So where has that kind of fallen into your overall process? And real quick, uh I usually point out that's one of the places that John and I know each other. We talk off and on over on the Game Crafter quite a bit. So uh, I, I know he's active in the Game Crafter community already.
1: Well, I like the game. I, I use the Game Crafter for anything that's not printing that's not a book. Um, I've found that printing poker-sized cards, I can draw on them very, very nicely with my art supplies. One of the really nice rewards for Can't Catch Me Olivia was drawing people on poker-sized cards with white backgrounds as player cards that they could use in the game, and using those as sketch cards was really, really nice because it's a very nice card stock. With use drawing, drawing on them with pencils and markers, they don't bleed through the card, um, and they're very durable. And you can draw on both sides. So I'm actually thinking if I ever do lots of sketch cards for my comics, I'm going to print them at the game crafter because it's just a much easier and cheaper process. You can get sketch cards in other places, but I know I can get 200 cards well, 198 cards if you're printing like that, you know, for like 12 bucks and that'll last me a year. And it's going to be high quality stuff. And it's going to be people that don't see a lot in comic conventions. Sketch cards are usually, if you're really fancy, it's going to be like vellum bristol board or it's going to be, you know, a thicker watercolor paper. Um, but for me, if I'm giving them out on poker cards, that's that's, a, you know, a differentiating thing right there that I can use to my advantage. And, you know, again, it's a really nice stock to draw on. Plus all of my technical processes for building a game hinge entirely on the game crafters' process. Um, I have not hooked my tools up to their API yet, but it's going to happen eventually, so that when I actually produce all the cards or the tokens or mats or whatever for a game, it would upload them all automatically right now. I have to do that manually, but I'm still producing everything for game crafter specifications, and I've got color correction all worked out. Everything has worked out perfectly, so Um, the game crafter, I'm pretty married to them for my production of any game related material and they do a great job.
0: We have conversations off and on over there all the time. So I knew, I knew John was kind of into the game crafter community, but always like to hear how people are using various processes. Um, especially in this instance where, you know, you're talking about where it's very integral to your game design and, and producing any games at the moment. Mm -hmm. It is. We're checking out your life's chorus on Kickstarter right now. And somebody is trying to make the decision whether or not to back this right now. So what are a couple things that you will tell them to make them go, you're right, John, I have to back this right now.
1: So if you're interested right now, the the best advantage is that we have several early bird tiers left. We being me, it's a real we. Um, (laughs) And that's for $20. And you will get not one, but two decks of your life's chorus. One for you and one for our friend. It makes a great gift when your early birds run out. The price increases to 23, but it's still a good deal. I've used these cards a couple times so far and people have really enjoyed them. Um, your artwork is really great. And if you have really have this musical story in your mind that it's just, you've got to get it out there. You've got to, you've got to get somebody to draw this and you want to have something really, really nice to frame up on the wall that's, that's really personal and really you, I will draw you. In a comic, I will give you three copies of your life's course. I will give you a print of your comic that you can hang up on the wall. And I will list you as a sponsor on the website and on the card itself. And we'll work together to ensure that the comic is up to the standards of what you would expect this story to be told. You'll, of course, be drawn in my cartoony style. But if that's your thing, it's the highest level tier, and it's it's worth every penny. It really is. You're going to get something that you can show your friends and family. And say, here, here is a memory from my life that uh, I felt so strongly about. I, I had to, you know, have done in art form um you know, up on the wall for you to look at.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So there are, uh, let's see, as of right now, it looks like there are four more of those tiers left. Right. Uh, to get a personalized comic, if that does interest you, definitely go check it out because there was, uh, again, there's only four left at the moment. So. Uh, if you are interested that is something you might want to go over and grab right away all right anything else that we should cover before we wrap up here
1: i do want to say thank you again for having me on because it's really awesome i think you do a really great job with these interviews and also thank you for destroying me at star realms <laughs> um i'm getting better at it
0: uh, i get wrecked every day so don't worry about it <laughs> somebody there's plenty of people that take me down several pegs (laughs) (laughs) but
1: as for the Kickstarter itself and any other projects that are going on check them out and if you're going to be in the Baltimore area I'm going to be at two shows I'm going to be at Intervention Con I don't know when this podcast is going to go live but I'm going to be there the August 22nd through the 24th and I'm going to be at Baltimore Comic Con September 5th through 7th so check that out it's actually a three day show this year it's going to be awesome
0: And if people want to get a hold of you outside of the Kickstarter, what should they do?
1: They can get in contact with me through my website at johnbentz.com. That's J-O-H-N-B is in boy, I-N-T-Z dot com. Uh, You can email me there or you can hit me up on Twitter at JohnBentz. I'm pretty active on there most days.
0: So once again, we're looking at Your Life's Chorus, music-themed conversation cards. This is on Kickstarter right now and goes until September 10th, 2014. Uh, John is looking for $450, currently at a little over $200, and again, goes until September 10th, and there are plenty of spots open. Uh, like I said, there's four of those spots if you want a personalized comic left, so go check it out. As always, check out the show notes. Uh, we'll have a link to the Kickstarter and uh, the various ways to get a hold of John. So, John, once again, I want to thank you for coming on and hanging out with me, man. It's been a lot of fun having this conversation.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot, Jeff. I really appreciate it. Not a
0: problem. All right, everybody uh this has been another interview and of course i have several more interviews on the way so come on back and uh also if you haven't noticed we are doing written interviews over on the website themselves for people that i can't get uh on audio unfortunately my schedule is booked out there but we have started doing written interviews to kind of give you some insight into some other people running projects as well all right thanks for listening